In a world where it seems like there is so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who spend their lives doing good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert, and I am so thrilled to have Camilla Packer on the podcast today. Cammie has been married to her husband, Tyson, for almost 20 years, and together they have five children. Cammie loves mothering, thrifting, baking, gardening, and simple traditions with her family. She believes in the joy and influence of homemaking and that all of us are homemakers regardless of age, gender, employment status, or family circumstance. Cammie's favorite part of the week is Saturday afternoon when her and her husband Tyson have a standing date to go get a Dr. Pepper and go for a country drive. Welcome to the podcast, Camilla slash Cammie. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to be here. Oh my goodness. So I have been a huge fan. I have followed you for, I don't know, a few years now, I think. How long have you had your Instagram account? It's been a long time, but I didn't start posting regularly for until the last couple of years. Okay. Awesome. It's just the sweetest, most beautiful page about the simple joys of motherhood and homemaking and family traditions. Things that I guess maybe some would say are old-fashioned values, traditional values, but that are so important and needed, I think now more than ever. And I love, you, you just recently posted on your stories, you said, as a homemaker, I like to think of my role as setting the stage. And then you have beautiful little pictures of like cinnamon rolls and chili setting the stage for a wonderful, warm, comforting meal. You have books by the fireplace, setting the stage to read a good book, a clean bed that is nicely made and tucked in, setting the stage for a wonderful night's sleep. And I think that is such an incredible way of putting it as homemakers and mothers, that it is our sacred role and responsibility to set the stage really for the feeling in our home. I totally agree. And it is, I think when we think about it, it really matters. And the yes. world won't tell us that it matters. But when we think about those things, the comfort we can give to our families, the peace we can provide that the world can't provide, I think we realize how much those little things matter in and the how, grand scheme of things. Yes. And what a responsibility that is. Like, it is a big role. I've, and sometimes it's hard because I feel like if I'm grumpy and the house is messy it completely sets the stage for a different night at home. My kids fight more. We all just feel a little bit off and disorganized. So sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I have the energy to make this amazing home-cooked meal and to clean the house and to make it. I know that's what will help. But tell me a little bit about, let's go back to the beginning. I would love to know how, why this is such a big deal to you, homemaking and family traditions. Have you always wanted to be a mother, be a stay-at-home mom and do this? Is this like something that has been your dream from the beginning? And then I'd love to move into how do we do that, especially on the nights that you're like, I have no energy. That's I don't want to do that. And who's doing that for me? Who's helping yes. me set the stage? So let's go back to you and what got you started. I grew up in a home where I was very cared for. My mom and my dad, both of them, were they just really took care of us. And my mom was always a homemaker. She, I remember coming home from school and she'd have like craft toll painting projects all over the table. She was making things to make our home beautiful. And we had, we had a simple home, but she did, she put her heart into it. And she just did lots of little things. Like I remember 
I must have been really little because she would put my socks on. This was before I could even put socks on. And she'd hold her hand like over my foot for like just a second. And it would warm up. And I remember thinking, when I'm a mom, I'm going to do that too. It was just something simple that really showed love to me. And I, so, so I think I wanted to be, I would watch her and I wanted to do the things she did to show love. I felt incredibly loved in my home growing up. And I realized it was just the little things that my parents did that helped me feel safe, secure. Felt like when I came from home from school, I was free to be myself and to relax and I was going to be accepted. And so that- did you have a lot of extracurricular activities? What was it like after school or did your parents prioritize more time together as a family? Like how busy were you? I wasn't terribly busy. I don't think a lot of us were terribly busy back then. As it's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now I think it's everyone's very busy. But I did take piano lessons and I took dance lessons for a while. But mostly my time was unstructured. And that's something my husband and I care a lot about is we were really careful about putting our kids into things where that would take them away from our home. And I wanted them to have that time after school where they were just free and they could do what they wanted to. And that's been something there are definitely there's definitely a lot of value in extracurricular activities. But we've just been saying these last few years, we don't regret that. We don't regret having that time with them at home. And And I love that because it's true that when there are so many wonderful things we can have our children be involved in and but when they are gone, it's coaches and instructors and those are the ones influencing and spending the most time with our children. And my husband and I have had the same conversation of when is it beneficial for them to improve a talent or learn a new skill or work on their physical activity and be athletic? And when is it just taking them out of our home and having them be in another environment. So how do you know what the right thing is to do? What have you found has worked for you in trying to make those decisions for your... I think the biggest thing that has worked for me is prayer. And I've always been someone who prays, but as a mother, it's my lifeline. I really, I think when I have those little questions, even, and maybe they don't need an answer really, but maybe I just need to pray and let my feelings out. And then the answer becomes clear as I am talking to Heavenly Father. We've just, I think also like finances, we always have a, have had a budget. Yeah. And sometimes when we've thought about, oh, should we put our kids in this or this? We thought, well, what will bring us the most peace? Is this going to bring peace to our family? Because really that's ultimately what we want for our children is to grow sure. up where there's peace. And if something is too expensive or is going to take away from our peace as parents, if we're going to stress about it and worry about it, it's not going to be what's best for our children and for our family. It's true. And that is a big thing is you you have five children and I have four boys. And if they each have even just one extra thing, it is, it's a lot of money to, to, put them in sports and music lessons and tutoring and all the things it, it does. And I love that you bring up having a budget because especially right now, I think a lot of families are feeling the strain. Everything is a lot more costly food. I go to the grocery store and I'm like, I haven't changed what I buy. I'm not buying anything extra. My grocery bill has doubled. Like, yes, mine it is, And I'm like trying, but of all the things I spend money on, but cooking is my love language and food. And so I'm like, okay, this is something that I do want to still make a priority is having wonderful, good, home-cooked, full meals. I and agree. so how do, you, how do you do that? How, what has that been like for you? 
setting a budget and still being able to feel like, oh, we can still create this beautiful homey atmosphere with candles and beautiful lamps and fun little knicky necks. You, if you follow Camilla on her Instagram, you have like vintage pictures and beautiful old fashioned books and sweet things that I'm sure you're like, well, we budget for that. So how have you found that? How have you been able to do that? Because I never, it's setting a budget is one thing. How do you stick to that? <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> Sticking to it is hard. Yeah. I love my favorite books when I was growing up were Little House on the Prairie books. Yes. And I always think of how they made, like just how Lara describes her home and how they didn't have money. They didn't have a lot of things, but it was a magical place. And I think when you read those books, even as an adult, I'm like, it was magical. That little log cabin was magical. And so I think just thinking like, we can make that. We can do the best we can with what we have. Yeah. And I love thrifting. I hardly buy anything for a home that's full price, unless it's like dishes or kitchen items. I, I do splurge on those. But I've found that treasures that people have loved, I love them so much. And when they come into our home, especially if they're one or two dollars or however much they were found at a garage sale, it just adds a lot of warmth to our home. And those little details really help me feel like we're doing the best we can with what we have and making our home the best we can. It, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be Instagram worthy. It doesn't have to be what's in style or what's trending right now. But I just want to add to that feeling that we want to create in our home. And I think that is the most important thing. What you just said is the feeling of your home. And honestly, from the little squares online, and of course we know no one's life is perfect. Yes, yes, we all have bad days and messy homes and Instagram is is just a little snapshot into our life. But you can tell even from the expressions which on your children's faces, there's a very sweet feeling and a feeling of just love and peace. And that honestly comes across in your pictures. And you do, you have a beautiful home. It's not extravagant and it's sweet and beautiful. And you can, that love that you have as a family honestly comes through. And that's something that I want more than anything for my home and for my boys to walk in and be like, I'm home. Just like a big relief of, oh, I'm home. And not, and look at all my things that we have. But it's so easy to get caught up in that and see other people's homes. And I'm like, look at their couches. They're not, how poorly like mine and they're not <laughs> ripped from my yeah. and look at their kitchen they have a designer oven and all that yes. and so what do you feel like how can women learn to love their homes now I think the biggest thing the biggest advice I would give is take care of it do your best to take care of it I think one of the things when I start feeling like that oh I don't have this I need that Sometimes I just go and say, I'm going to clean this room the best I can until I feel proud of it. And it does something to just put things away that have been sitting out forever that you've been meaning to put away, but you haven't. I have piles out all over my house. And when you care for something you've been given, I think you have a lot of appreciation for it. And that's where appreciation comes from is by caring for it, understanding it's a blessing to have those things. And it's a blessing to have a home to raise your family in that keeps you safe and dry and comfortable and all of those things. I think having that gratitude and appreciation for it and the best way to get that gratitude and appreciation is just to take care of it. That is really good advice. And you do. It's funny when whenever I hate my house, I'm like, burn it to the ground. Like, 
destroyed. And with four boys, like it is, my husband spent a Saturday, two or three Saturdays ago, patching all the holes in our walls and repainting. And literally 10 minutes later, my son ran and did a dive bomb on the couch and punched through the same oh, hole no. he just repaired. No. And Brad and I just looked at each other and I'm like, what can you do but just laugh? You kidding me? Oh. He just finishes the last paint and my seven-year-old's like, Dad. and he wasn't trying to be naughty or mean. He just, yeah, and punched the couch flew back and went right back through that hole. And I'm like, you know what? Oh it's just like, we're, this is what we do. Like we're yeah. living in a home. Yes, it's yeah. our, we want it to be stage worthy at all times, but we're not on a stage. We're living in a home. We're yes. keeping it. We're people and it might get messy. So I think, but that is such a good way of putting it that when you hate it, just clean it first. And then yeah. it like it resets your perspective of, oh wait, I guess it's not that bad. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's not that bad. Set up a little corner of books or something that you, something for you. And yeah. if, if you have something that you're excited about, it, it really does brighten your mood with your home. So walk us through some of your favorite rooms in your house and what you have done to set the scene and make it just feel warm and cozy. Oh, let's see. I should first say my husband and I built this house ourselves. My husband did, of course, most of the work, but I was here helping him put up walls and he'd build the walls and we'd put them into place. And it was it was a labor of love. And we I have to stop you from the ground up, like from literally ground up. Oh, not remodel from scratch. No, we knew, like I said, we've always been on the budget. We knew if we the things we wanted, we were going to have to get really creative. He's always wanted to build a house. It's a dream he's had since he was a teenager. I always wanted to live in an old house. So we tried to blend the two, the charm of the old house, plus the new plumbing of the new house, charm of old and new. Of new yeah. And it was a terrible sacrifice for our family. Our We had five kids. Our youngest was two at the time. Oh, and it was a very humbling experience. We thought, oh, yeah, we can do this. We've remodeled homes. He worked construction. And it was it was so humbling. We just realized what the power of a home is. It's not about all the things we thought we wanted in a home. It's about having that feeling. And so it was a, it was definitely a journey for us to realize what was important to us and what really didn't matter in a home. We didn't build it to be showy. We built it to raise our family and to have them feel that feeling. How long did it take? It took about two years, almost two years. Where did you live? Did you have somewhere to, to live in the meantime or did you we move? Did. Okay. We rented. So we sold our home that we had remodeled and we moved to a rental house and we thought, oh, we'll be there maybe a year, probably maybe nine months if we're lucky. <laughs> and then we were there for over two years and two years of building. And it was hard. It was really hard, but it was, it was a growing experience for all of us. We all sacrificed the two-year-old up to the 13-year-old who babysat so much for us. And, yes. And we worked really hard. And that's, I think, this home is, is taught us. It's taught us that what really matters in a home. Wow. And don't you, you appreciate something so much more when you've put in literally those blood, sweat, and tears. Yes. You're we, not. Yes. And we didn't build our home, but my husband has built things in our home. He built our pergola outside. He built, we had our stairs were rotting and falling apart. He oh built our little goodness. balcony and the stairs and even those little things. And same thing is, oh, I could do this in a couple hours. It's like, 
Oh, <laughs> it is. And it's all in the measurements and things, they don't fit right. And it take. but then we go outside and we're like, wow, look what you did. Look what you've done. And it is, and it's so rewarding, but hard. So I can't imagine doing that with an entire home. That is incredible. So how did you pick out those elements of, okay, we want a big kitchen or we want a big family room where we can gather. How did you even decide what you wanted in that home? I think we had an idea when we first started building. And as we started building, we realized this is too much. We didn't quite realize what we were taking on. So we did change our plan a little bit. And um, and we took off. We had, we were going to have an upper floor. We took that off. And we're like, we don't need that. We're just going to keep this a simple home. We wanted a big a gathering area. And it's not huge, but it will be. I think of all the grandmothers who for for decades have hosted Thanksgiving in yes. just a regular size house. And everyone in not even like tiny. Matt, yeah. like every grandma's house, my grandma, all my, I'm like, how did we all even fit in here? But you yeah. did. Yeah. No one was ever like, this is too small. I hate this. It was like, oh, we're all here together. Because yeah. it's the feeling again. We're going to grandma's house. for Yes. Yeah. I agree. So it's been a process, but it's been really rewarding. And we've, so we do have, back to your question, the rooms that we have, we just try to keep them simple. I feel like that is the biggest thing. We try to keep them simple. We don't try to stuff them with the stuff. I love antiques. I love vintage things. And I'm, my tendency is always, oh, I want that. I wanted a yeah. Yeah. Home, but I yes. realized that I just need to choose just a few things that I love when it gets too much. If everything is special in your home, nothing is special in your home. <laughs> so right. Try to right. choose the most important thing. So what is your favorite room in your house? It's probably our living room. And it's just a regular living room. It's where we gather, though. Everyone hangs out there and it is we gather there every night to have prayer and to read from Come Follow Me. And it just our best teaching happens in that room. Our best connecting happens in that room. Your family room. So I have a feeling, and maybe I'm wrong on this, that you don't watch a lot of TV. We used to. As I'm getting older, I don't find myself watching TV a lot. And yeah, I don't know. With our kids do. They love like all the kids shows, but we yes. try to limit it at a certain time. We say, okay, TV's off. Now yes. It's time. Go get your book. <laughs> you can finish reading. And right. That's do you TV have room. a TV in your living room or do you have a TV room? We do have a TV in our living room. In above your living the fireplace. Room. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. So how do you manage that? So you said that y- you like to have your kids come home and have that free time. So something that I struggle with my kids is the second they get home from school, and and I remember feeling this way too. You're like, I don't want to think. I don't want to. Yeah. I just want to like veg for 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Sit here and watch TV and out. And I totally, because that's like when my husband comes home from work, same things. I'll turn yeah. on a sports game. I'm just going to yeah. sit, Woo, decompress for a minute. Yeah. The, the problem is, and I teach voice lessons just a few days after school. So if I'm teaching and they're watching TV, I'm like, oh, but now it's been an hour. Yeah. <laughs> now it's time to turn it up. So how do you monitor that? Because the, I find some shows are wonderful and we watch them as a family and it's yes. so fun. And I really do think you, you can use TV to bond together as definitely. a family. Too. I definitely agree with that. And we do pizza family movie nights every yes. Friday and it's so fun. And we do old fashioned movies and all of that, but it can that. also infiltrate into your life and take yeah. over. So how do you monitor that when you say, okay, we give our kids free time. Do you say, okay, you can have 
what would like a typical afternoon in the Packer home look like for you guys? On a good day, I'd have a snack. <laughs> Not always, but I feel like those physical, taking care of their physical needs are, it's imperative before anything else can happen. Yeah. One thing that we used to struggle with a couple of years ago was the technology. They'd come right home, they'd get on the internet, start playing their game. All the things, yeah. And yep. it was very hard and, and Eventually, we said, you know what? We're going to only play do electronics on Saturday. And that's it. They don't have it during the week. Not like, counting school stuff, right? Not counting school stuff yet. They want to type a story or work on math or anything like that. But no playing games until Saturday afternoon when their chores are done. And that helped a lot. Kate taking that electronics off. It was a, it was definitely a detox period. They were not happy about it. But all of them separately have come to us and said, I really like that we have that we don't have electronics all the time because it, it does, it gets addicting. It gets addicting to all of us. <laughs> For do. sure. It's a, yes. We, we see that computer, we see that phone, we just want to get on there and see what it is, yeah. what's going on. And um, yeah, so that is, we encourage them to go outside. We encourage them to, they like to draw. All of our kids love to draw. They like to play Legos and build things and all of those things. So they usually spend their afternoons doing that and we have dinner and they usually do watch TV for a little bit while I'm cleaning up. And yes. Yep. Or making dinner. Do you do yeah. friends after school? Yeah. Yeah. We do friends. If friends, if they want to play with friends, that's great. And that's so fun. That was such a happy part of my childhood was playing with friends. <laughs> for sure. Yes, I know. And that I love that too. And it's, do you have a schedule where you're like, hey, this is when we do homework and this is when we do this. Or is it as long as you get it done tonight or tomorrow, then whenever you feel like you can get it done. I'm always trying to figure out, I don't know when the best time is because after school, they they don't want to do it right away. Yeah, yeah. And then after dinner, it's like crazy. We're running places or they have something or they're tired. Yes. And I'm like, maybe our school doesn't start till nine. So I'm like, maybe homework can be like in the mornings in the when morning. they're fresh and ready. Yeah. And kind Ours of start late too. Yeah. We have that same thing. Yeah. In the morning time. Yes. I think it, I think there a rhythm kind of develops as the school year goes on. I like to see what develops, what feels natural to us. Um, what is going to be our rhythm for this school year? I love that having a rhythm in your home. So tell me about, you love making homemade meals and you make dinner a lot. Do you have like a pattern that you follow every week? Oh, we do Italian. This I love following Food Nanny. She's so fun. Oh, I do. I love her too. <laughs> He's so great, Lizzie. And Liz, her mom came to our Relief Society like 15 years ago and spoke to us and it changed my life. And then now Lizzie has taken it and done all the fun commute stuff and yes. go to France and do all sorts of fun things. I'm yeah. like, how does she do everything? They have cows and... I know that's like my dream to be able to do everything she does. I know. Amazing. It's so fun. So she has the comfort food, Mexican Italian. Do you have theme nights or what works I for you? I actually do. And it's so funny because many years ago when the Food Nanny came out with that book, I read that book and thought that was a light bulb moment for me. So I've probably been doing that for about 15 years where I've had a night. Every night has a theme. So Monday nights we do sandwiches because it's easy and it, we usually have had a big dinner on Sundays. And so we just, it's just something that I know Monday is going to be an easy night for me. Yeah. Yes. And then we do like Mexican or tacos on Tuesday and soup on Wednesday if it's winter and salad if it's summer. Oh, fun. And it's Chris, which things up. Yes. And then pasta or like casserole on Thursdays and then pizza Fridays, breakfast on Saturdays for dinner and then like meat and potatoes on Sundays. That is so fun. And you post a lot about your pizza nights and I love it. We have the same tradition. 
However, we we spend way too well, and now especially on takeout. And usually during the week, it's like we're exhausted. I'm tired. I'm like, I don't want to cook anything. So let's order out. And so we were going over our budget. My husband and I recently, and he's like, we spend like $180 a month on pizza with takeout, like with the delivery fees. Yeah. Or I want breadsticks. Or I'm like, oh, just throw in a salad with it. Or yes. it's not Little Caesars pickup and it's delivery. It's like $40 to feed our and our boys eat a lot. Oh, yeah. We yeah. really get two. And I'm like, we could save. We could buy a pizza oven. Like we could save so much money and make homemade pizzas. So you make homemade pizza. Do you do it on the grill? Do you have a trigger? Do you have a pizza oven? What do you do for I your pizza? My regular pizza looks so fun. Oh, they look so fun. Oh, they look so nice. fun. I love it. I started that tradition, gosh, probably 16 years ago. And they it's evolved. It's gotten better. That first pizza, homemade pizza wasn't as good, but now it's getting better all these years later. But we, I just use my regular oven. I like to put it to 450 or even 500 if yeah. I'm want to and I like to cook it in cast iron that gives it a nice crust oh but it's just it's a normal pizza but it is something that I definitely look forward to every week have you found I am still in search of the best pizza I've tried I don't even I can't even tell you dozens of pizza crust recipes and they're either a little bit crunchy or sometimes soggy or and I've heard oh you're using too much sauce or too much cheese or your temperature is wrong on the Traeger, it usually turns out really good, but my I boys don't always love like a smoky flavor. So what have you found? Do you have a pizza dough recipe that you love that works? I've just tried. I've used the same one I've used for 15 years. It, it's just like a tablespoon of yeast, a tablespoon and a half of sugar, a cup and a half of warm water, a tablespoon or a teaspoon of salt, and then three to four cups of flour. And... I don't know. And like all-purpose flour or pizza flour? I just use all-purpose flour. And, and it works. Yeah, it works good. We're not very fancy. So we're fine with just a regular pizza. And sometimes I like to make one for me and Tyson that or and our older kids that has more stuff on it, maybe a barbecue chicken or something with peppers and onions and olives and things that the kids yeah. don't love. And then we yes. make one for them. Maybe you should cast iron. So not a pizza stone. You do it like in a cast iron, like a skillet. Yeah. Yeah. They just do it in our cast iron skillet and it works out really good. And or a pizza pan, done that for years. And that works out really good too. Oh, that is so cool. Okay. I'll have to keep that in mind. So fun that you have all these theme nights. What would you say your kid's favorite meal of the day is? Do you do breakfast before school too? Do you make a homemade breakfast? I do semi-homemade. It's a it's a a very simple homemade. Okay. Like a smoothie and toast. I do themes for that too. So that oh. I don't have to ever think about what's for breakfast. I always know Monday's going to be oatmeal. Tuesday's going to be a smoothie and toast. Wednesday, they have late start. So we do pancakes. Fine. Then Thursday's eggs. And then they get cold cereal on Friday and Saturday. Cold cereal <laughs> Friday and Saturday. Yep. Awesome. And with your smoothies and everything else, do you have like different recipes that you do every week? Or they always know we like the berry smoothie or no, we like this one. They like the chocolate peanut butter banana one. Oh, yeah. They also do berry. So I just switch between the two of them. Those seem to be the most popular ones. That's a good idea. It's so funny because I grew up having warm, a warm breakfast every morning. Like it was always oatmeal, cream of wheat, or Sunny Boy. I was born in Canada. Like very best hot cereal in the world is Sunny Boy, and it's like seed. It's like flax and like steel cut oats and, and yum rye, and it is so good. But you can you can't even order online. Like. Whenever oh we go to Canada, we buy eight bags of it. That's like, so good. I've never heard of that. I would be watching for that oh, now. Sunny Boy. And it is honestly my most favorite 
hot and my boys mm-hmm. love favorite hot cereals. Good but night. usually it's Sunny Boy Cream of Wheat oatmeal, Sunny Boy Cream of Wheat. And I'm I like, oh, and sometimes pancakes, but I'm like, you guys, we can branch out a little. <laughs> and stuff like that. So I like that you have a theme for breakfast too, because sometimes we get in a rut and it's, oh, we've had this for four days in a row. So that's good to have themes for breakfast too. I just don't like to think about it. I feel like half of the battle is coming up with the idea. And so yes. if, if I already know what it is, then I don't have to think about it. For sure. That for sure helps. Okay. So I asked you earlier, we talked about earlier in the podcast, how do you set the stage and make all these homemade meals and make your home a place where your kids want to be? What if you're just not in the mood? And I know that not every day is going to be perfect, but how do you set your intention every day to be an intentional homemaker and to make these beautiful meals and to create this beautiful atmosphere for your kids without feeling exhausted and overwhelmed. And what is even the point of this? How do you do that? Let's see. I think that is a hard one because everyone has those days. And it is my, we don't have beautiful meals every night. It's, I think it's got to be like every other, or there's got to be those times in there where I know this is going to be an easy meal. This is going to be an easy day. I just remember why I'm doing what I'm doing. When I'm feeling overwhelmed or discouraged, which happens a lot, I think, as homemakers, because our job is never done. You never can sit down at the end of the day and think, oh, I did everything today. My job's done. And you can't clock out. It, you're on call all the time. You're, there's a lot of things that don't get done at the end of the day. I think it's easy to be discouraged. Um, I try to think about what if I didn't do this? So I think about many years ago, probably when Reels first came out on Instagram, I came across this Reel and it was a woman who was folding laundry and she was talking about how when she was a child, she grew up neglected and she was always worried about where was she going to get clean socks and clean clothes to wear to school. And because she was so focused on those worries, she didn't have a full childhood. She wasn't able to enjoy playing with friends. She was always worried she smelled bad because she didn't want to sit. She didn't want to sit close to people. She didn't want to get close to people. And I thought, what? And she, so at the end of the reel, she talks about how important those little things that we do are. Yeah. And her, when she's feeling, oh, I don't want to fold this laundry. I don't want to wash this laundry. She thinks about, well, what if I didn't? And I'd like to think that. What if I didn't do this? What if I didn't empty the dishwasher? And there were no cereal bowls. There were no spoons. There were no cups when someone needed a glass of water. What if I didn't fold these socks and like they wore the same socks again or they couldn't find the laundry they needed or if I didn't wash their sheets. I'd like to remind myself what would happen if I didn't do these things. And a lot of times it doesn't seem like they're big things. But when you think about what the consequences would be if I didn't do those things, it helps me realize how important it is. It's true. And I've had those days where, in fact, just this morning, I did four loads of laundry yesterday, but I didn't fold them. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, I did them. They're in baskets in my room. And then today I'm going to fold them. And my son wakes up at seven this morning and is like, with his flashlight, like searching for clothes. And I'm like, Boston, I'm sorry. And I'm like, they're clean. They're just, yeah, dig for a minute. You're going to have to dig and find them. And of course, they never can. So then I'm up there. I'm like, here it is. I find them. Oh, yeah, of course. So it's so true that it's, oh man, if you don't, then it does, it just makes it a little more stressful and a little bit more of a struggle. But especially if they're, and we've had the days too, where they're like, I don't have socks or I don't have or whatever. Oh yeah, that's stressful and overwhelming. And then feel discombobulated. I didn't have what I needed. I like that. What would happen 
if I didn't? Do you have a routine? Do you get up before your kids? One of my sons needs to go to work to go to school early. And so he's up. He gets usually gets up and he's ready to have breakfast and all those things. He's very good. And but I do try to get up and get going, get ready for the day. Yeah, I do try to start. I think I've learned as a homemaker that an hour in the morning is like priceless. Yes, I can give myself an hour to get things done at the I'm surprised at how much I can do in an hour for our homes that really sets the tone for the rest of the day. It's do you take the time to get your home ready or do you do that more? I'm going to work out and shower and get myself ready before. I actually try to exercise in the afternoon go for a hike or something. doesn't always happen, but I shower at night. And so I get out and can just start my day. And that's been a huge help with my morning. I feel like that has been really nice to be ready to go. And then I can move on to the home. But I don't exercise like I should. That's something that I definitely I think will change as my seasons of life change. That's something I definitely want to move up in priority. It just doesn't happen as well now. Oh, I hear you. In fact, last night I was like, I'm yesterday, I'm like, I was sick the first week of January. So I'm like, okay, Monday, like starting now, I'm going to, and it was like 930 and I'm all, there's no way I'm going downstairs to run on the, it's night, but I'm like, I made a goal. And so I did, I trudged downstairs and I got just like a 30 minute workout and I did, I felt so much better after, but still I was like, okay, it's so late and I know this is a priority and I should yes. make this more of a priority, but it is, it's, it is, like you said, seasons of life. And it's hard for me to do that in the morning because I have kids that wake up early and they want to get going and I'd have to wake up like five, which I am not a morning person at all. I'm not either. Zero <laughs> percent, like night owl all the way. So I'm like, in order for me, it's just, it's not even realistic for me. Instead of feeling guilty about it, I love that you're like, oh, it's not my season or, oh, actually I work out in the afternoon. That's what works for me. I don't have to be like everyone else. And I get up and I work out and I go for a run. Oh yeah, that's so great for you. But yes, it doesn't work for me. It's amazing. I think another thing I like to ask myself is what's going to bring me the most peace? And uh, peace is just always my goal. And so if like bringing get, or exercising is going to, I'm like, I'm going to feel really good. That is going to be what I, that's what I need today. And that's going to bring me peace. Then I think, oh, yeah, that's what you should do. And Great. yeah, I think that's important that you have peace in what you're doing. I love that. What's going to bring me peace? And really, that that would help you set your priorities straight too. Of what, what's going to bring me or my children the most peace yeah. today? What's the best thing? Instead of I have to do this and then feeling guilty if it yes. doesn't get done. And um, in our housework, sorry to cut you off. Oh, yes. No, please. There's just no way we can do all the things that we need to do with our There's just, it's not, it's not possible. But if you choose the two things that matter most to you that are going to bring you the most peace and focus on them, even if anything else doesn't get done, I think if you've done the things, the two things that bring you the most peace, you're going to feel like your day was successful. So do you write down those two things in the morning? I'm going to make a homemade meal and I'm going to mop or I'm going to... Do you write down what those two things are every day? I do. I have two things that are always important to me. Okay. And then every day I add in something. If I can, if I can't, that's okay too. But the things that are most important to me are food, feeding my kids. It gives me the most satisfaction and also gives me the most anxiety when it's not done. (laughs) I feel like that's something that really stresses me out if it's dinner time and then they're hungry and I don't have anything prepared. Yeah. So I know I have to make that a priority. And then the other thing is I like to do the work of today, today. So I like to start a load of laundry at night before I go to bed, start the dishwasher. If I've done those two things, I feel like it was a good day. 
Oh, I love that. I'm, I agree. I usually get stressed about making the right meal. And it's hard because I have some picky boys too. So it's like some meals I'm like, I spent so long like meatloaf last night. I made delicious meatloaf. And two of my boys are like, meh, I don't like it. I'm like, just try to take some bites because it's good for you and you need variety and you can't eat literally cheese and tortillas every day. (laughs) (laughs) So Camilla, my last question for you is there's a trend right now. We were talking a little bit before the podcast of women to find themselves or find what's important for them and have goals and maybe side hustles and things like that. And I absolutely agree with prioritizing your health and self-care. And yeah, like that. But I, I wonder if there's almost a trend to move away from the home or making homemaking maybe not as much of a priority. Like, we'll hire out for that. Have yeah. someone clean your house. Have someone bring or order in meals. Yeah. So why, it's, you have so busy and so many more things to do. Why are you focusing on that? What are your thoughts on that? I think... <laughs> Don't know. I just think there's nothing. All there are amazing opportunities. So many options that we have. So many amazing experiences we can have. Nothing can have the influence and power that you can have in your own home. There's just nothing else you can do that will last longer and that will mean more to the people that you love most than the work you do in your home. And it is work. It's hard. It's not always fun. It takes a lot of physical effort, a lot of emotional, mental effort. It's work. And but it's very satisfying and lasts through generations. And so I think understanding the seasons of life, I think, is really important when we're talking about that. But also understanding our nature as women, I think, is to nurture. And that looks different for everybody. Everyone's a different kind of nurturer. But when we're not using those gifts of nurturing, I think we start feeling unsatisfied. And like, we need more. We're not do like the, our lives aren't big enough or fulfilling enough. And if we slow down and realize what truly makes us the most happy, what influence, who can we influence the most? How can we nurture? Whether it's a neighbor, a sister, a, a friend, a, a child in the neighborhood, your own children, your husband. There's just so many people that are there to nurture. And I found that I feel the best when I'm nurturing. And my children won't always be in my home and I'll have these opportunities to do other things. But I know nurturing is always going to be what is most fulfilling to me. And so I think I, all those opportunities and experiences we can have, I think it's important to just realize what's going to make you feel the most fulfilled. I love that so much and couldn't agree more. And I think that it's wonderful for women to be able to use their talents and skills that they've been given because Absolutely. we all have. But but how can you use your talents and skills in the home too? If you do love singing or playing music yeah. or something, how can you teach your children to do yeah. that? How can you use it in the home? It doesn't have to be, how are you making money off of that? And I think yes. that's almost the trend right now. If you do have all these incredible talents, how are you using that to bring in income or make money instead of you can actually still use it and do what you love and bless those around you with just using those things in your home too. Yes, I totally agree with that. I I, I love the thought of bringing everything back to the home and the feeling in your home and having it be a place of just refuge and safety and peace for your children. Have you ever had an experience where, I'm sure you've had a lot, but can you tell us about one where one of your kids has maybe come home and just been like, oh, 
I love being here or said something about how they feel when in the home that you created for them. I do. I hope they I hope they feel like that. And I think I I notice those things. Oh, I'm home. I can drop their backpacks where they are. Like they're they know it's time to relax. And so we have to remind them, go bring your backpack away. Yes. Yes. Relaxing time yet. But I hope there is that that sigh of relief. I remember one time our little boy, our youngest, he was probably he was just barely saying his own prayers, but he said, I'm thankful we have clean beds and warm beds. And all of our kids have prayed for that when they were really little. And it it just, it, it reminds me how, just how important it is. How, what a blessing it is to be able to provide these beds for these children who, to sleep in. And just the little things that we do, I think they, my children have, they are amazing. And they've been very appreciative of those things. And those they don't realize how far that goes as a mom to hear totally. thank you or uh, show any appreciation or gratitude. It is moms cling to that. We cling to that to get all the other things done and gives us motivation and purpose. And I don't think the children realize how much that means to moms. It means everything. It Say really- it a lot, kids. It really does. Yeah. It really does. And for them to recognize, like, oh, mom spent a lot of time, and I didn't realize. In fact, I remember getting upset sometimes with my mom because I felt like she was always cleaning. And I'm like, you can never just sit and talk to me. My mom would always just say, follow me. She always loved talking to me, but she was like, follow me. So I'd be walking around the house and I would rarely say, can I help you? (laughs) I would just watch her mop and be like, I'm so mad at this person. Boys bugging me and whatever. And I just bent and she'd be mopping like, oh yeah. Or she'd be cooking dinner and talking with me and I'd be just following her around like a little duck. And now I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful that my mom took the time because then I remember going to other friends' homes and feeling the difference if it wasn't well kept for what for whatever reason. And we all have days where we're like, yes, my house is a mess and I can't do it. But but some homes where I could tell, oh, maybe this isn't a priority. And the feeling was different. And then walking back into my home and I'm like, oh, there's a difference with women that take time to make their homes a haven and feeling, okay, I guess I am grateful (laughs) that my mom's cleaning and cooking all the time. I guess I'm grateful. (laughs) Yes, I agree. I think that there's, I don't know, there are different priorities. Sometimes it gets pushed to the bottom and that's okay. I also think that everyone is a homemaker. That's something I definitely believe in is that kids can be the homemaker. Kids can be the one that is, that are the ones that are uplifting and creating that space where growth can happen. Yes. And and it's so important for them to learn that to at a young age that they can learn how to make their rooms, like even just starting with their rooms, like a one yes. clean, safe place that they can recognize the difference of, oh, I love being here and sleeping here instead of yes. I can't even open the door. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for sure. Something that's important to teach them. Camilla, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today about how you make your home such a haven of peace for your children and for all the good you are doing. So people want to learn more about you or your home or something. You sometimes are a guest on Studio 5. Is that right? Yes. So tell us about how people can follow you and learn more homemaking tips from you. Okay. Yes, I'm on Camilla I'm Camilla J. Packer on Instagram. And I don't post a lot of the posts. What are they called? Like the actual posts. I do a lot of stories. So yes. sometimes people are like confused. Oh, where are these things? I found the stories. I just, they're natural for me. So I like that. <laughs> awesome. So that's where people can get a lot of tips. And 
Do you ever post like where you get things, like all your cute vintage stuff? Do you ever say, oh, this is where I picked this up or this is where I got this? Sometimes I do. Yeah. Especially if I go to uh, most of the things I get are from like estate sales or yard sales or D. I love just seeing what treasures are there. <laughs> so that's where most of my things come from. It is so fun. And it really is. And I feel like there's something special about who owned this and what were their memories that they made with this and like yeah. what kind of spirit was in their home. I love imagining that too. I that's do so too. Fun. Yeah. So fun. Thank you so much, Camilla, for coming on today for all the good you're doing. Thank you. I love this podcast and you are just so great and so fun to talk to. Oh, thank you so much. Here's to another wonderful year of homemaking for us. And it's never too late to start. If there there are those listening that are like, I have no idea what to do. I think your advice at the very beginning was perfect. Just pray. Pray about how you can make your home just a place where the spirit is there and it doesn't have to be the most extravagant or beautiful. Things don't have to be new. But if it's clean and inviting, then it'll be perfect for your family. Thanks, Camilla. Thank you. 